Hello, my name is Rick Pearson and welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. Last week, we counted 38 descriptions of our 53-point countdown to pull down, root out, and literally destroy the traditional strongholds speculating who Mystery Babylon could be. Today, we'll finish that countdown, so stay tuned, we'll be right back. Welcome back. In the last two programs, we discovered Mystery Babylon the Great as a population center providentially raised up by God's divine mandate. She's the seventh of eight providential nations in Scripture and has been a mystery to every generation. She will appear before the Antichrist and the New World Order emerge, and her symbol or iconic recognition to the world will be that of a woman. Babylon's economic system makes her the wealthiest of all nations, trading over 27 products at her deep water ports, including a history of slavery. She makes the merchants of the earth rich, utilizing her world currency and protects those trading partners with a military that polices the seven continents or seven mountains of the earth. Unfortunately, a vast number of people within her get puffed up by her unprecedented wealth wisdom and knowledge. They reject God. As they say within their hearts, I sit a queen and shall see no sorrow. According to scripture, those who reject God are handed over to a spiritual darkness. These non-believers begin embracing ancient Babylonian religions, utilizing pagan rituals of necromancy, astrology, witchcraft, even Satan worship. This lady of kingdoms, according to the Greek wording, becomes a lady of Pornavu. She prostitutes herself, becoming a world leader in producing and distributing pornography, and manifests over 23 characteristics of a reprobate society. Together with massive drug abuse, she becomes the habitation of every form of immorality, and she falls under the curse of being a debtor nation. However, she still has a remnant of believers within her. Although some have lost their first love for Christ, others are given over to dead works. However, some are persecuted for raising up a shout against the darkness. Unfortunately, due to the fear of persecution, many believers turn from God's word and preach a message denying the existence of sin or the eternal consequences of hell. Some believers even approve the ancient Babylonian religion of sacrificing their unborn and newborn children in hopes of a wealthier lifestyle. This immoral Babylonian lifestyle is even promoted 
with ancient asterisk poles scattered throughout the nation. However, by far, the greatest seduction of Christianity is evidenced within the richest believers in the history of the world who refuse to return their first fruits of wealth to the God who's provided it. This greed is so unpleasing to God, Jesus infers that he will literally spew them out of his mouth at their appointed time of the catching away. But what do I mean by catching away? That'll be explained as we discover the chosen generation who dwells within Mystery Babylon the Great. Listen to this. In describing the last seven churches of the latter days, Jesus makes a tremendous promise to the church of Philadelphia. Since the other churches are abundantly identified within Babylon society, it should be no surprise that the seventh church of Philadelphia believers are alive and well within Babylon. It is also noteworthy that the church of Smyrna, mentioned as being a persecuted church of believers, is not warned of any sins in which they should overcome. The other five churches in the warnings of Jesus specifically had sins that so easily beset them and tainted their lifestyles, which were displeasing to God. But the church of Smyrna were told to endure their persecution from the synagogue of Satan, which included prison time, and to be faithful unto death, for a crown of life was awaiting them in heaven. It would appear that God's admonition to his people within Babylon to raise up a shout against her may have consequences tied to that shout. We already know from Holy Scripture that the time sequence of Babylon's role in Bible prophecy appears when the beast and his new world order have received no kingdom as yet. However, the spirit of Antichrist will be of one mind and shall make war with the Lamb, but the Lamb shall overcome. Furthermore, according to Scripture, as the new world order struggles for world dominion, it will not only be in Babylon, but also with those whom the woman polices and protects around the world. The waters which thou sawest were Babylon, sitteth, rules or polices over, are people and multitudes and nations and tongues. It would appear from these passages that Babylon is the major firewall stopping the new world order from taking her position in Bible prophecy. Within the eight providential nations listed in scripture, the usual protocol is that one nation is removed by the next nation that will be set up. And he, God changes the time and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. In confirming the word within Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the Lord allowed Persia to overcome Babylon, Greece to overcome Persia, and Rome to overcome Greece. It would appear from this pattern that the eighth nation of the New World Order will struggle to overcome the seventh nation of Babylon the Great. Within that struggle will be God's people who are called to raise up a shout against her, remembering the tactics of Stalin, Lenin, Mao, and Hitler, freedom of speech, violent protests, major news propaganda, and the attempt to take away the people's right to bear arms will probably be evident in this struggle. However, behind the scenes will be the dark spiritual forces of Antichrist, manipulating the masses to fulfill every prophetic word the Lord has spoken before his son returns. Welcome back. You know, it's both exciting and very sobering to see what is happening in our world today. It would appear that we are living in a time sequence 
that fits Revelation 17:12 perfectly. There's a massive struggle taking place in the spirit realm, and it's manifesting daily throughout the cities of North America and the world. A new world order, one without borders, is struggling to make its appearance on the stage of Bible prophecy. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. These will have one mind and shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. But what other signs should we be looking for? Other than the 38 descriptions we've already given of Babylon, what remains? And what is the promise given to those who raise up a shout against her? The believers, called the Church of Philadelphia, are promised an open door that will deliver her from the Babylonians' ultimate judgment. Thousands of Christians today in America are raising up a shout against the riots and violence of our day. Many ministers have been activated politically to stand on party lines whose platform will reflect the Judeo-Christian values which the Founding Fathers penned into the Constitution. Secular humanists want to eradicate those values using any means possible, even violence and destruction of government and private property. The voice of the bride and the bridegroom of Christ are specifically mentioned inside of Babylon. These verses, coupled with the current trend of so many Christians being involved in political activities of raising up a shout, can be recognized as fulfilling the 39th and 40th description of Babylon the Great. There is a culture war happening, and it's all based upon following or eradicating the Judeo-Christian value system in our society. The fascist, violent nature of the Antichrist spirit, once showcased in Stalin, Hitler, and Mao, is definitely on the move. But are we getting close to the end? Are we getting close to the time that Jesus warned us of when a great tribulation would come upon the earth? Since Babylon is the seventh of eight providential nations and must be deposed, what are the signs that the end is near? The disciples asked Jesus this very question in Luke 17, 28, and he told them to look for a culture similar to that of Sodom and Gomorrah and the days of Noah. The day immediately before Sodom's destruction, the Sodomites marched down the streets in search of the angels who delivered the word of their coming judgment. Also, many believe the first mention of homosexuality in Scripture took place when Canaan uncovered the man of the rainbow covenant, which was Noah. You know, the theological workbook of the Old Testament explains that the Hebrew word uncovered in this verse is the verb gala. It occurs 24 times in Leviticus 18 and 20 in the expression to uncover the shame which denotes sexual intercourse in prescribed situations, usually referring to incest. The first gay parades originating in New York City in 1969, now being an annual global phenomenon, together with the iconic rainbow flag, fulfill the 41st and 42nd description of Babylon the Great, 
as it was in the days of Sodom and Noah, are signs according to Jesus, not only pointing to the coming tribulation, but also the soon return of Christ. Ezekiel defines this parallel culture as this. This was the iniquity of Sodom. They were full of pride. They had excessive food and prosperity, yet refused to help the poor or needy. They were haughty and committed abominations before me. As we drill down to unveil the remaining 13 descriptions of Babylon the Great, we at Prophecy USA want to be perfectly clear that we're not here to judge, point fingers, or be condescending in any way to the lifestyle of any groups or individuals. Our only mandate is to obey the prophetic warnings that God gave Ezekiel, who lived in ancient Babylon in 550 BC. If thou dost not warn the unbeliever from his way, that unbeliever shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the unbeliever of his way to turn from it, thou hast delivered thy soul. Whether knowingly or not, many non-believers practice those ancient rituals at one time or another in their life. With the embracing of rampant immorality within our nation, together with the age of sexual consent being lowered, and a social media filled with pornography, is it no wonder that there are literally thousands of unplanned pregnancies among women? There's approximately 600 Planned Parenthood medical clinics across the nation, with their headquarters being in New York City. The sacrificing of a child's life is an act of ancient Baal worship. Although many would not consider an unborn fetus a child, that lack of knowledge does not come into agreement with biblical values. Jeremiah was told by God, Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee, and I ordained thee a prophet to the nation. The 600 Planned Parenthood locations in America represent the 43rd description of Babylon the Great. Babylon has temples of Moloch sacrificing their children. Temples of Baal worship are scattered across the nation in ancient Babylon for the purpose of sacrificing their firstborn for financial favor from the pagan god Moloch. In present day, a large percentage of abortions are motivated by a lack of financial resources to raise the child. The fact that abortion clinics sell the body parts to medical research facilities brings us to description number 44. Babylon sacrifices children to Moloch for the purpose of financial gain. Now, although many in North America may not think an unborn child is a human being, it makes no difference to God. He considers every fetus in the womb as a living soul. Jesus said, if you've done anything to the least of these my children, you've done it unto me. Is it any wonder, after 60 to 80 million children aborted in this nation, Isaiah prophesies the 45th description. I have given my people into thine hands, O Babylon, and you have shown them no mercy. Upon the ancient one have you heavily laid thy yoke. 
45th description is Babylon shows no mercy to God's people. How many apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists called from the womb have been martyred in the temple of Moloch throughout the land? That is a question that only God can answer, but someday we're going to find out. The unfortunate result of the legalized procedure is that since 1973, the Supreme Court case of Roe versus Wade, the land has been defiled by the shedding of innocent blood for over 47 years. Numbers 35:32 says, You shall not pollute the land wherein ye dwell, for blood defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed but by the blood of him that shed it. This brings us to the 46th description of Babylon the Great. The extremely sobering consequences of defiling the land rests in the fact that this one national sin guarantees judgment as realized in 605 BC when King Manasseh filled Jerusalem with innocent blood. For King Manasseh filled Jerusalem with innocent blood which the Lord would not pardon and Israel was judged by Babylon. Now Babylon repeats the exact same sin of provocation that Manasseh committed in Israel. The 46th description of Babylon is it's a land defiled by the shedding of innocent blood. And with that sin of provocation comes a promise of future judgment to Babylon. And that judgment, according to Genesis 6-9, will come from the hand of man sometime in the future. For whosoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. It's for this reason that not only do the Old Testament prophets some 2,700 years ago prophesy the destruction of Babylon, but the angel tells John to write down the warnings to God's people within her. And this brings us to the 47th description of Babylon the Great. Babylon has written warnings in the Word of God not to participate in that particular sin. So detailed is Jesus' prophecy to the church of Thyatira that he tells those who have followed after the teachings of Jezebel that not only is great tribulation coming to them, but also the death of their children. He's not talking to the heathen in this passage. He's talking to believers who have bent their knees to Baal, committed constant fornication, and rejected his word. Revelation 2 says, Behold, I will cast her, Jezebel, into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds, and I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he, which searches the reins and the hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Now Jesus is speaking directly to the believers of the last days. He begs those who have ears to hear 
that they might understand what is coming. The church of Thyatira is alive and well in America. But what exactly is coming? That is answered in the 47th description of Babylon the Great. There are not only written warnings from 2,700 years ago, but God gives Babylon a verbal warning not only to come out of her, my people, and receive not of her sins, but also not to participate in the plagues that are guaranteed to come. This is the 48th description of Babylon. She has verbal warnings not to participate in her plagues, and never in the history of God's word has judgment ever fallen on a nation without God revealing it first to his servants, the prophets. And Babylon the Great is no exception to this rule. Today, if you have the intestinal fortitude to participate in raising up a shout, you will join me and fulfill the 49th description of Babylon the Great. She has prophets within her before her destruction. But what exactly happens when such voices are raised up? Old Testament prophets were the only way through which God's voice came to the people in those days. But our personal prophet and high priest changed that 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ of Nazareth rose from the dead and 50 days later released a rushing mighty wind on the day of Pentecost. And that wind not only blew upon the believers, the Holy Spirit literally entered them and blew through lips of clay prophesying the mighty works of the Most High God. And because of that miracle, there is not a person listening to my voice today that cannot directly hear the voice of God. You do not need another man to stand in the gap to hear from God. He has promised each and every believer, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. But with great blessing comes great responsibility. Ezekiel 33 says, If I show you that calamity is coming, and you don't warn the unbeliever from his way, that unbeliever shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine, at thine hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the unbeliever of his way to turn from it, thou hast delivered thy soul. Today, believers in America have to make a choice. If you choose to help raise up a shout of warning in this great nation, you will definitely experience the 49th description of Babylon the Great. You will experience the name-calling accusations and verbal persecution from a great number who refuse to believe God's sure word of prophecy. Description number 50 is Babylon persecutes those who raise up a shout. In the last several months, the fascist Marxist riots and protests have come against America's covenant with God. This antichrist spirit is not coming, it's already here. The reprobate minds of these activists don't believe in God, His Son, nor in the Ten Commandments. Their laws are the laws of the jungle. 
They think they come from monkeys, and just as animals in the wild, they live by the survival of the fittest. Their bully mentality have no laws, no honor, no respect for anyone who opposes their reprobate self-induced agenda. Financed by secular humanists, global billionaires, seeking a world without borders, the new world order is in their minds a brilliant, modern idea of progressive groupthink. The very God they deny has already told us what they will do and how they will do it. They are doomed to fulfill His word just as the princes of the earth fulfilled God's will at the crucifixion. For we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, said Paul, even the hidden wisdom, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. These global elitists who want to eradicate Christianity are like the blind leading the blind. America is hated by these secular humanists exactly as the 51st description of Babylon has prophesied. Babylon will be hated by the Antichrist spirit and the ten nations before they are empowered. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the woman. And as the bride of Christ overcomes the New World Order's Antichrist spirit sent to destroy America's covenant from within, they will fulfill the 52nd description, but not without persecution. Number 52, Babylon will have believers within her who will be persecuted and hated by the Antichrist spirit dwelling both in her and outside of her. And believers who hold fast to America's covenant with God will give her the boldness to continue her finest attributes in the eyes of God. Number 53, Babylon will be a major supporter of Israel and will stand up for Israel as a young lion of Tarshish right up until the day of her judgment. We have now given you 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great, and the United States of America meets every description. But what about the future? What are the remaining prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled? Perhaps the greatest one and most sobering of all is the seven biblical descriptions of her judgment that will take place in one hour. That has not yet come to pass. And exactly how does the seventh nation of Babylon the Great get deposed by the eighth and final kingdom. The Bible says no man knoweth the day or the hour, but we do know this. At God's appointed time, the first seal of God's wrath will be opened by Jesus Christ himself, and the four riders of the apocalypse will be released upon the earth. But as the sound of those hoofbeats circle the globe, very few people realize that their first appearance will be made abundantly clear in Babylon the Great. So let he who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. The four riders of the apocalypse are coming to America. But we're out of time. Don't miss next week as we unveil the judgment that's coming to Babylon the Great 
as America fulfills her role in Bible prophecy. You've been listening to Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson, and I'm reminding you that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is alive, and He's coming back much sooner than many people think. See you next week. Shalom.